and my version of badass Asian dudes is just like picturing somebody who's like super independent, able to do what he wants on his own terms. Are you willing to, you know, like live by your own set of rules? Are you willing to, you know, like break out of societal customs? And I was doing so many things to impress so many other people and all the way to the point where, you know, I started my own company. I started three companies. I believe that we're all massively creative people. You may not be creative in the way that I'm creative, or like you're not gonna articulate and communicate in the way that I will, and I don't expect you to. When I was growing up, I was the definition of the nerdy, shy, introverted Asian kid with two tiger parents who didn't even give me a choice. I just had to be a doctor. My parents came to America with no money, so I didn't get uh, you know this idea of emotional yeah. intelligence, and they don't know what that is. Like it was um, <laughs> survival mode. When you see someone else that looks like you, or represents you being emotionally intelligent or training their mental fitness. When you see that, all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, maybe I can do that too. What's up, Badass Asian Dudes? This is Victor Ong, back with another episode. And I'm excited to have on our guest, Mike Hong. He is the owner of KM Communities, a social enterprise merging residential real estate investment and community development in Oklahoma City. Mike was on the founding board of directors and is the current president of the Asian District Cultural Association. He was recognized as among the top up-and-coming leaders in Oklahoma City under 30 years old, becoming financially independent at the age of 31. As a public speaker, Mike uses his experience in business and his family's journey as immigrants to the U.S. as a platform to influence and inspire others. He has been invited to speak around the country and has spoken to crowds upward of 25,000 people. Mike accounts his drive and business and leadership to his family's Vietnamese heritage and faith. I'm personally excited to talk with Mike because of how much he really helps with the community and how his culture has really influenced his decision to to really focus on community especially after obtaining financial independence through real estate and other businesses as well and so we kind of talk about uh, a lot of different things in this episode and bounce around to to a lot of different things but if you kind of stick with us I'm sure you'll get a lot out of this episode and even just new perspectives or new ideas or, or new ways of thinking about something. Um, if you do get value, please do consider sharing this episode with a friend that would also get value out of it. And uh, go ahead and leave a review on whatever streaming platform you're listening to right now. Um, we'll talk a little more about the, the group and updates and uh, what we're up to at the end of the episode. So stick around for that for now. Enjoy the episode. What's up, Badass Asian Dudes? This is uh, another episode here. We have an awesome guest, Mike. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, good to have you here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been hearing a, a, a lot about you guys, listening to some podcasts, and hey, I'm sitting next to Victor Ung, the, uh, the famous Badass Asian Dudes <laughs> host. Uh, you're giving me too much credit, but... Uh, no, I'm I'm excited to 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 jump in here. We have some some cool topics to talk about in terms of your your story and what you've been working on uh, as well for uh, not only your business but for the community and and whatnot, and even just dive into deeper topics about your own philosophy on things. But 
Um, yeah, I'm an open book. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll just dive right in. I mean, uh, we like to start our question or our, our show with a question. Uh, what does being a badass Asian dude mean to you? Yeah. So I've listened to a couple podcasts, uh, kind of prepping for it. Been chewing on it. I'm not sure I've had the, the, the best succinct answer, but um, what I would say is someone who excels in taking responsibility of what's been entrusted to him at a high level. And so I think as men, we're called to be certain things or to uh, be in different roles. And so a badass to me is somebody who takes those rules and exceeds at it. So um, for example, someone that I called a badass recently, uh, have you heard about what's going on in Ukraine? It's all yeah, over the news. Yeah. Yeah, so the president, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, so I didn't know about him at all. I, I still don't know a whole lot about him. But after hearing his story about how he's just a, a normal guy, he used to be a comedian, and uh, he, his country starts getting attacked by mm -hmm. Russia. And mm -hmm. uh, to look at the, the difference between the, the two countries, Russia, their GDP is about 10 times the size of Ukraine. So I would imagine their forces outweigh Ukraine by a lot. And so it's a, a total David and Goliath sort of thing. And so a lot of his critics, whenever they were talking about or talking about his presidency, how he's doing, he, they thought he would fold if Putin was going to attack the country and he was mm -hmm. going to escape like a lot of the other leaders did. And uh, even uh, President Biden offered him a way out. And then uh, Lizette, uh, Zelensky said something like, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Wow. Yeah, so uh, he was talking about how, like talking to uh, the, the world, and he was talking about how I'm enemy number one, or I'm uh, target number one, my family's target number two, this may be the last time you see me alive, because they're attacking the city. And uh, he didn't escape, and he, he stayed. He said, mm -hmm. such and such is here, such and such here, I'm here, we're going to stay and defend the, the country. And you see that courage next to pictures of him with his family, just a normal yeah. guy. Yeah. Like that's badass. And yeah. so his um, standing up for his country, him fulfilling his role, uh, taking responsibility at a high level really inspired a lot of other people. And so I made a post about him on Facebook and I put badass next to him. And awesome. so I think uh, people like that, people that uh, will, will, take responsibility of what's been entrusted to them at a high level, whether it's you're entrusted to be a leader of your country or being a good dad or a good husband or a good son, yeah. uh, a, a place of business. Uh, if you're going to do sports, you're just like really committed and then you're just going after it. I think that's yeah. a, a badass. What a great definition. It's just really taking on that role and responsibility of what, what you've been entrusted with, you know, and really taking ownership of that you know, taking leadership in that, um, that, and, you know, there's, there's so much we can get into that, but I'd love to then now, uh, uh pause there and, and have you kind of introduce yourself for those who might not know you and, yeah. you know, how, what, uh, what your journey has been like, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of get in there from there. Yeah. Well, uh, Mike Hong here out in Oklahoma city, I uh, run a business called Cam Communities here. Uh, it's a social enterprise that tries to mix uh, business with nonprofit. Uh, we believe that uh, doing good in business can change the world. So that's a real estate investment business. Uh, I'm also the current president of the Asian district here in Oklahoma City. And I do some uh, public speaking and I just hope my life is something that 
I can use to impact and change the world. Uh, awesome. I, I hope that when I die, people say that um, because Mike Hong lived, the world is a better place. Mm. Mm. So working and, towards that, working towards the end. Right. I, I want to yeah. die well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate you, you having that and saying that too. It's just, it sounds like there's a really, you know, there's, you, you have a clear definition or even clear like North star in that sense. Right. When, when you have something that can guide you towards your, your, just your path and your next steps. Um, and I'd love to really get into how you might've even just defined that for yourself and, or what that is, like, what does living well mean or what does contributing, you know, to, to the community mean for you? And then, um, what kind of obstacles you faced along the way to, to get to that point? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot we can unpackage that or there. Uh, one of the quotes I really liked is you have exactly one life to do everything you will ever do act accordingly. Right. So uh, we were going to pass through this way once. So don't waste the time that you have here. Mm -hmm. So how I found that North Star, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think my faith is, uh, has been a, a big part of that. Um, uh, it's really hard to find purpose and direction without your ideals of why we're here. I think that's mm -hmm. the two biggest questions that we ask throughout antiquity is who are we and why are we here? And the why are we here part, um, it's hard to define unless you can uh, have some sort of view on if there is a God and if you're here by accident or what. Uh, from my uh, perspective, I had a really uh, profound experience in high school and I became a Christian from that. And uh, from that, um, from, I guess, a Judeo-Christian perspective, it's like, you're here for a purpose. You're not here by accident. Um, I wasn't just um, some sort of cosmic fluke, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's given me a purpose in that I believe that we're all placed here to make the world better, to be salt and light to the world, right? And so uh, throughout that journey, just trying to unpackage what that means, I go throughout uh, college, uh, high school, knew I was called to do business, didn't know exactly how. Um, I was thinking about either getting to ministry or getting to business and um, just had some uh, pretty profound experiences that pointed me towards business. Um, if I'm, I'm going to gloss over a lot of things. If you ever want to stop me and <laughs> ask about certain yeah. things, feel free to, because there's lots of stories in between I'm skipping over. But um, yeah, 23, um, I uh, was a financial advisor after getting out of college. I uh, did that for a few years, but I knew I was called to do business. I knew I was called to uh, be a person of wealth and to use that to influence people, mm. influence the community. Um, but I didn't know how to do that. Um, I didn't come from a, a wealthy background. Uh, my family is uh, are refugees from Vietnam. Uh, we were the boat people. Uh, my dad led an expedition to escape. Uh, he was one of the leaders. Uh, we, he helped 70 people escape the country. Nice. Uh, 1979, they got here in 1981. And so he had $10 in his pocket and uh, we grew up super poor. So it's not like um, I had like any sort of wealth or I was surrounded by any sort of affluence. Um, but I knew a lot of success principles, like uh, who you associate with, you will become. Uh, mm -hmm. You're like the, I think Stephen Covey or someone says that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. So I was just thinking, well, if I wanna be a successful business person or a CEO, how am I going to find those folks uh, as a broke 
25 year old who's living at home. Right. Yeah. And so uh, for me, I, I looked, uh, looked at the chamber of commerce here in Oklahoma city um, to hang out with some of these CEOs. You had to uh, raise a whole bunch of money to go on these exclusive trips with them. And so I remember uh, having to raise about $15,000 to go on these uh, reward strips and hang out with some of these guys. And uh, it's funny because at the time I had, I think my income was like $11,000 a year. Wow. <laughs> I was making like a thousand bucks a month wow. working part-time, you know, living with mom and dad. Um, I remember uh, building my business with, uh, at coffee shops. You guys have Panera Breads over in California? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we've got Panera Breads. And so I'd go there versus Starbucks because you can buy a cup and you can re refill it yourself. Yeah. And wow. so I could go yeah. there, uh, coffee was 179 and I can use that cup two to three times before I got soggy and gross. So I can go <laughs> to different Panera breads. So I didn't like, notice me coming all the time. Yeah. I'd fill up and go there to work and use the Wi-Fi, right? But at that time, uh, got on the strip, started hanging out with these successful guys and started trying to make it work. Mm. I was just broke for a long time until I was able to finally make a, uh, a marketing business that worked and started getting into real estate. That so is the very, the very wow. short story of it. Yeah. No, there's so much to unpack there too. I mean, like what I, what I really like to kind of explore is what, what your sort of mindset was, you know, throughout all of this process, you know, and, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of, uh, it sounds like coming, coming from the family and coming from, you know, not having much, it sounds like having that wealth was something that you you wanted to to have in order to just not be in that situation. I know I can relate to that as well. And, you know, my, my parents immigrated with not having much as well, but uh, my dad did do a lot to kind of, I'd say lecture us, but also instill us, instill a lot of values and, and good mentality in terms of, like you said, like surrounding yourself with the the people that that you want to want to be around or even want to start to become. And so, um, what was what was that like? I guess that like you can walk us through sort of your transition and in, in you know not coming from from much and and kind of <laughs> you reusing Starbucks cups multiple times to you know really building up that wealth and and how you um, yeah just how you kind of transitioned transition that. that yeah so um i can understand uh, where that comes from of not having a lot and then wanting mm -hmm. more in your life i don't think that that was it for me exactly mm -hmm. uh, mine was more from from a calling perspective uh, because i don't really need a lot i'm a very simple person mm -hmm. like uh we've got a real estate portfolio um i think in my bio it talked about how i was able to become financially independent at 31 but my car, for example, um, for a long time, I had a busted out windshield, like I had a big crack on yeah. it. Uh, AC wasn't working, you know, like I had contractors that, that drove better cars than me. Wow. And uh, so I, I don't need much, right? Uh, I lived in a tiny house for about a year. I wanted to be a millionaire that lived in 200 square foot yeah. just to tell other people you don't need uh, big houses and fast cars to have a good life. And I've always been a little bit countercultural everywhere I've been. Uh, so it wasn't exactly me wanting to be wealthy because I lacked growing mm. up. Um, it was more that I had a bent towards business and I could use that to impact people. Yeah. Uh, because people listen to you more when you're successful. 
Mm. Right. So if you're in a place where other people want to be, when you speak, your words have weight. And so as a young person, I knew that. And I wanted to be that, uh, that old guy one day so that yeah. when I said things, people could be impacted by them. Right. Um, but that transition for me, um, I didn't know a lot of successful folks. I, su- I sought out those sort of people. And I would say uh, there was a, a long season, uh, several years, where I was making about $10,000, $12,000 a year living at home. And coming out of college, um, Oklahoma City has a lot of oil and gas companies, had friends making 60, 70, 80 grand. Mm-hmm. And um, I would see that. And I, I, I was always uh, a little bit discouraged. I was like, man, when is this going to happen to me? You know, like, mm-hmm. when am I going to finally become successful? I remember going on all these meetings, kind of beating my steering wheel, you know, being frustrated. And uh, one time I didn't have gas. And so uh, in, my, uh, in my calendar, like, I had, okay, 10 o'clock meeting with a client, uh, 11 o'clock lunch, 12.30 home, two o'clock, another meeting. The reason I put home in my calendar was I need to run home to grab my piggy bank to get changed so I can get wow. gas to go to the next appointment. Wow. Right? Yeah. And I'm like 26 years old. I'm wearing a suit. Like no one knows how broke I am. Right. Yeah. I just, uh, but it didn't matter because I knew I was going to get there at some point. And if I was going to get a, a normal job, I felt like I was just quitting on my dream. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I was like selling out, uh, I was selling short. And so um, it wasn't a matter of um, if I was going to get there, it's just when I knew mm-hmm. if I was going to uh, continue on the path, I'd get there eventually. I'd figure it out. Yeah. So I think that was a, a transition. Two books that I read that were very influential were uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, buying assets and not liabilities, understanding the two. And then uh, what is that? The four hour work week. Yep. By what by was Tim his name? Ferris. Tim, Tim Ferriss. Yeah, yeah. 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 Try to find a muse. Great ones. That's what got yeah. me into to real estate investment because I wanted to find, find a muse to give me residual income. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, I, I know you, um, you, you retired from, you retired young at around 31 with real estate investment. So I'd love to hear more about that. Like how you got into that, or I, I'm sure a lot of listeners here, um it's, it's I think it's very common for Asians to to know love money and uh want want success so uh we all want to kind of learn how we can retire young in that but um yeah so yeah how did you how did you retire young and and with real estate investment yeah and, yeah and why'd you do well, that what's the word people use it's a fire or something like that it's like uh, yeah is that what it is what, what's yeah, it stand for I, I'm heard, what heard it, that financially recently. independent uh i i'm blanking out on that too (laughs) yeah 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 anyway i heard that i'm like oh that's cool it's funny because i'll start to do things and i realize there's some sort of buzzword with it i'm like oh yeah that's what i'm feeling like other people are feeling the same way retire early financial independence retire Retire early early. yeah Yeah. so uh, the only reason i ever even say that uh is because people want to hear it um i hate talking about it uh, for one, um, it just sounds like I'm, I'm bragging or something. Um, but two, it's it's not exactly correct because retiring means not to do anything, right? Uh, I don't think that as people or as men that we're called to just mm. put, uh, like mail off and just live life, like we're mm. supposed to be doing things that are productive for the good of the world, right? Um, if we're created in the, in the Imago Dei, um, 
God's a creator and we're supposed to continue to work and create. Yes. And I think if we don't do that, uh, it gets very boring and life becomes very bland. And so I always believe that we're supposed to be working on stuff. So um, I prefer the term financially independent. So I'd rather uh, say that I'm financially independent yeah. than retired because I'm still building my business and I'm still doing a lot of things. And, um, but financial independence, a lot of people don't know what that is. And so uh, retired young just sounds cooler on a, uh, on a bio. Yeah. But uh, financially independent, basically what that means is that your passive income, uh, so, so you have your uh, cost of living, right? Uh, and then you've got your passive income, wherever that is. Uh, without anything, you're at zero. But basically being financially independent is having your passive income uh, meet or exceed what your, your expenses are. Mm -hmm. And so you can do that two different ways. One is easy, where you increase your passive income to uh, exceed it. And another way is to, to lower your expenses. Right, like what things can you cut out that you don't really need, and so um, so far as financially where where I'm at, it's not like I'm balling out of control, but I do have enough passive income to live and not have to to worry yeah. about paying bills. Yeah, um, but it's not like a, a place I want to stay. Like I'd like to grow and be able to have more, um, but yeah, it's a but becoming financially independent is a great spot to be in uh, and continue to work because you're not having to work for a paycheck. You're not having to work for uh, the ability to pay rent. Mm -hmm. Like you're working because you're coming from a place of stability instead of trying to, to get to a place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did that with a real estate investment. So right. single family homes and small multifamily. Gotcha. I, I'm, I'm into real estate myself, so I'm sure that there's a lot of we can talk there yeah, too, yeah. but what are you uh, doing with real estate? We, we might need to do multiple parts here. Uh, oh, we <laughs> happy to happy to chat, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do a short-term rental management. So okay, cool. Um, like Airbnb. Yeah, exactly. Or... Managing Airbnbs or, or VRBO. Okay, cool. Um, cool, cool. Not there too, but yeah. Yeah. I've so I, a, I, a tiny house I'm doing short-term with. Oh, love it. Awesome. Yeah. Where at? In my backyard. Yeah. Cool. So I built yeah. a tiny house in my backyard. It's on wheels at 200 square feet awesome love it if anyone on the podcast wants to check it out it's at plaza tiny house um on instagram uh cool. pictures and stuff are on there but i lived in it for a year um but i love hosting friends for like game nights and yeah. dinner so it's really hard to do that in a tiny house yeah so after a year moved back into the main house and then gotcha. rented out the tiny house love it love it yeah. no we, it's a we'll good investment see. yeah and that and that's what i wanted to hit on too it sounds like you know realist i think you know, personally, real estate is one of the best investments you can make, you know, on, on earth is, you know, investing in earth, but, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so, but I wanted to talk kind of like a, the bigger level idea of that, or at the macro level in terms of being financially independent, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Where you're not, you know, really worrying about your, your day to day or, or living paycheck to paycheck, not, not worrying about, what you what you can afford or can't do and and limiting your own experiences of life because of it you know so i think that's a great topic to explore here too in terms of um you know how you like what what does that free up for you let's see there's so many questions i can ask you so i'm trying to I'm <laughs> yeah trying to like, flip me into direction i'll tell yeah, you whatever yeah. you want to know yeah um i'm just thinking 
even, I guess even for me personally, you know, like I, uh, I came from technology and there was, that was very lucrative for me and, and did give me, um, you know, a lot of the, a good, like, uh, just, just income, but it wasn't, I didn't have that passive income. I was still trading my time for time for, for money there. And, um, and it, and even now, as I'm building up my own businesses, I haven't quite gotten to that point. So I'm curious, like, man, I don't want to get into like all the how and all the detail, because I know that that can get a lot of like very um, just complicated, but maybe at a high level, like what, what did you do to really get started in uh, having that financially independence? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. a good question. So how I became financially independent, um, basically, I started with uh, learning about it. So I was doing sales when I was super broke. I was working part-time for a home builder here in Oklahoma City. So I was working part-time making, I don't know, $12 an hour or so and uh, sitting at show homes and then uh, filling in for managers of these show homes whenever they need like time off, right? So I'd sit there and I had a buddy come in uh, that lived in the neighborhood that the show house was in. I posted on Facebook that I was around and he told me that um, his parents had six houses from that builder. So the person that built uh, that neighborhood and that show home, his parents had six of those houses. And I was like, well, I understand having vacation homes but why Mm -hmm. do you want more than two houses right and why would you have multiple houses in the same city and he said oh he he rents them out or they rent them out like okay i never even thought about that like i I knew that happened people did that but i didn't realize i never put two and two together i guess and he said that uh, they got into it and with six houses they're almost all paid off and i was just doing math in my head and I was an entrepreneur, right? I knew I was going to uh, make some money with business one day, um, but I didn't have any sort of retirement plan. I don't have like a 401k, I don't have a pension. And when he said that if, if your houses are paid off and you make $1,000 a month per house, six houses, mm-hmm. that's $72,000 a year. That's retirement for me, right? And so I was thinking, okay, I'm 25 years old. If I start buying some houses now, say I get 10 houses, by the time I'm retired, I had the opportunity to have residual income in retirement. Anyway, so that was the the mindset. And so I started uh, learning about it. There's a real estate association in my community. And so I started visiting that, started reading blogs, uh, listening to podcasts, but I didn't have the money to get into it. So I was living at home, super broke, making $10,000 a a year. And um, I just tried to learn as much as I could until one day when I had the opportunity to do it, I would get into it. Uh, fast forward a few years, I uh, started making some adult money and started saving up. Um, as a business owner, it's difficult to uh, to get a loan um, if you're just now making money because yeah. uh, the banks look two years in the past of your yeah. income. And so even though I was making good money, finally, two years in the past, if you added that income out, like I wasn't making nothing, right? So no one's going to loan me anything. So I had to buy my first house with cash. Like, like I said, I was uh, 20, by this time, I'm about 29 years old, um, living with my folks. So I was able to just like uh, squirrel away a bunch of money and uh, bought my first house. And I uh, borrowed some money from my folks uh, for the remodel. 
um, I was dating a, a girl who um, I hired as my assistant and then she was my general contractor and she had a lot of confidence in her uh, ability to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this house needed a whole bunch of work done to it, uh, $36,000. It's this thing's a, a, a garbage dump. And uh, which this is the house today. You can kind of see oh, that in the background. Right. Yeah. Uh, it basically uh, doubled, um, doubled, like we spent about $100,000 and then now it's worth over two hundred. dollars and I was able to take the money out of that to buy other houses because mm-hmm. everything was cash, right? So if you refinance it, you can fi- refinance, say, 80% of what the house is worth with a bank. And so the bank will give you 80% of, in this case, $200,000. So that's what, I don't know, $160,000 of cash. You can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. You can do uh, hookers and blow. You can go to Vegas <laughs> or you can invest it into something, right? Yeah. And so I was able to buy... Uh, other houses with that and do the same thing. So if people are listening and want to know more about that method, uh, kind of like what I said before, I'll do things and realize it's actually a thing. Uh, it's called the Burr method. Yeah. Uh, B R R R method. Just Google that. Bigger Pockets talks about it, which is another podcast slash yeah uh, blog uh, to yeah. get more info on the Burr method. But yeah, just uh, start off with one house and then buy another one and. We remodeled that one, refinanced it, and started buying more and more. Yeah. And then uh, now we have about 15 units. That's awesome. Well, again, I know that we could always dive into that, but uh, this isn't necessarily a real estate podcast. So if you want to <laughs> yeah. check out the real estate stuff, that yeah, listen bigger to pockets. Bigger pockets, bigger yeah. pockets for sure. Learn it's more a good about resource. that. So, you know, to kind of shift gears, I want to hear more about why it's important for you to have that financial independence and you know you mentioned earlier about um not necessarily retiring and and you mentioned about like as men you know sometimes we 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 do need that work we need we need that purpose to to kind of continue working on you know something right and 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 having that drive for it so um i i think that's something that's very much lacking in in a lot of just masculinity culture where you know I think especially for me growing up when I didn't have that model or or even uh resource you know or or even skill to find my own purpose that yeah I was being pulled in so many different directions I didn't know what I was really stood for and um and so I'm curious yeah why is that important for you to first of all develop that purpose but also then have that financial independence to to kind of you know, pursue that. Yeah, uh, I can I can tell your brain goes in a lot of different directions. Yeah, sorry. Uh, w- w- which is good, uh, but those are two completely different ones. So let's bookmark the financial independence and yeah. then we'll talk about the purpose part. So purpose, um, the purpose thing is very important because um, without it, I mean, what's the point of living, right? It's almost like uh, there's a story. I forget what Olympics this was, but it was like this, um, like a shooting. Uh, event uh, is basically this uh, they're shooting rifles or like sniper rifles basically at, they're shooting this target right and you've got this uh, athlete who is uh, he needs to make a bullseye on this target it was like 100 yards away or something like that he needs to hit this bullseye uh, in order to get gold and how to hit it perfect anyway there's all this suspense he builds up um, because you have to get, be very dialed in when it's very far mm-hmm. away to shoot a target uh, you have to calculate wind and the humidity and all this sort of stuff. 
uh, because as the bullet travels, it starts to drop and it's, it gets affected by all these things. So he dials everything in. Everyone is, uh, is watching, anticipating the shot to see if he's gonna get gold. He shoots it and then it, it hits, hits bullseye dead center. Hmm. But the little buzzer doesn't go off, right? And he like looks up, he's like, what's going on? He actually, actually shot the wrong target and lost. Uh. Right? Oh man. Yeah, yeah, he hit it exactly oh, right, man. but he but he shot the wrong one and lost. And so if you liken that towards our lives, if you don't have some sort of purpose, it's like I don't want to hit a goal that was yeah. just bullshit, right? Yeah. Uh say I want to be uh to to raise up the name of Mike Hong and uh be known as some guy who uh dated really cute girls and drove a Ferrari, you know, like what's yeah. the point of that? Like all that stuff's going to rot and it's all, it's all bullshit at the end of the day. So the purpose part of it is um, just beginning with the end in mind, like knowing what target you're trying to hit. And for me in my twenties, um, I did uh, basically like a, like a bucket list. Um, what things I wanted to do with my life. Like one of my biggest fears is, isn't like, I don't know, the normal fear that people have, like heights or public speaking or clowns or whatever. It's uh, like, I've been given so much with my life, like seeing where my parents have come from, my grandparents, and I'm born in the United States, the most affluent country in the world with all the opportunity at my fingertips. My grandfather couldn't read or write. Uh, my dad grew up in a civil war, you know, and he had a fighting claw to come here for opportunity. And I just was born here out of no merit of my own. And uh, I've got my health, I've, I'm intelligent, bright. Um, I've, got, I've got a lot of things that were just given to me. Like I didn't have to work for them. And so one of my biggest fears is being at the end of my life and realizing that I just wasted it. Mm. Because in that season of like 25, I can just have a crappy day or a week. And then it's like, okay, I've got another day. I've got another week. Like, oh, I blew today. I just like was on Facebook and Instagram. I didn't accomplish any of my goals, right? Got up like at noon, you know? Um, but there's always tomorrow. So I kind of put myself in a place, say I'm 85, I'm on my deathbed. There's no more tomorrow. There's yeah. no more opportunity to, I'll get it right tomorrow, right? right? And so I looked at my life from that perspective and I thought like of a place of regret that, hey, I wasted my life okay, what in my life did I want to have accomplished uh, to, to make me know that this was a life that was worth living? Mm. So it's not exactly like goals or um, awards or a set amount of money, but it's like, it's like milestones. It's things that are indicators of a life I wanted to lead. Like uh, have someone come up to me that I've never met before and have them tell me that I changed their life by something that I did, you know? But it's also, uh, it's also fun things like um, travel to Europe or Japan yeah. or uh, make a certain amount of money. The money is important, like I said, because uh, you have a lot more influence with that, right? Um, with your speaking, with your giving, uh, leadership, all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's, it's a lot of that sort of stuff. So I basically started working backwards, beginning with the end of mind. And so that um, I knew that I would hit the right target. And then along the way, every year I go on sabbatical. Uh, sabbatical is basically some time off to relook at your life. Um, most people know what a Sabbath is. A lot of uh, uh, religious uh, folks, um, it's like a Sunday. 
And so a Sabbath is a day of rest, a sabbatical is several days of rest together. And so that's an opportunity for me every year to go on a sabbatical and just kind of reassess where I'm at. Uh, think and pray about the year before and then make plans for the next year and kind of compare that to like what that target is for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's why purpose is, is really important so that you live a life you, you wanted to live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know my mind did go in a lot of different ways, but I did see a lot of connection in, you know, having a lot of that financial independence and having that money to be used as an influence, but also even just to create the space for you to start pursuing a a one of these higher level intangible kind of yeah, things yeah. around purpose, right? And and so um uh the what what I also wanted I saw a connection with what you mentioned earlier about what being badass meant to you is just, you know, taking on that role and responsibility of, uh, of what's been entrusted with you. And I heard you say, you know, you, you, you don't want to waste your life that was given to you, you yeah. know, with so much that you have been entrusted and given to you yeah. for your life, you know, it is taking on that role and responsibility to find, to have purpose or even yeah. just act with purpose. That's a and good it sounds like, yeah. And so it's like to, to be able to do that though, I know a lot of men here or even listeners are just saying, I, I can't, I don't have time to think about all that stuff. I need to, I need to, you know, make money, make money. I need yeah. to date the best girl or whatever, you know? And, and, um, and so that <laughs> just want to say that, that, that that's the, all the connection I saw there in terms of, you know, now that you have this financial independence, you can start to really pursue what you do care about and, and, and really leading with purpose. Yeah, so I'm curious, like, point. I'm curious, like what, what you might be able to, um, I guess, uh, it, it sounds like having that fear of you wasting your life at the end of the day, when you're looking at yourself on your deathbed, you know, what is, is something that really, um, drives you, um, how might others or how might people just be able to really connect to that other than just obviously thinking like, yeah, I obviously don't want to it's easy to think and rationalize like, yeah, I don't want to be on 85 on my deathbed and have wasted my life. But in the moment, it's hard to get yourself to, to do things, to do especially, it. especially do the hard thing, right? Yeah, the uncomfortable yeah. thing. So how, how might, how did you work through that? How did you work through any obstacles that you might've come up even physically, financially, mm. but even mentally and, and emotionally too? Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so I'm so I'm going to be speaking to uh, Mike Hong at 25, so so 10 years mm. my junior, uh, because I I struggled with that a lot um, in, in that season of who am I, why am I here, yeah. what what does this all mean, and I, I think that's that's where you start though uh, you start asking those questions, uh, and then number two you go to that place where I went of beginning with the end in mind and put yourself in that 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 spot right. So you start there and you think, okay, what sort of life do I want? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it might just be, what kind of life do I not want? You know, like, uh, I don't want a marriage like this, that you're fighting all the time, blah, blah. I don't want to end up divorced or I don't want to worry about money. You know, you yeah. can even start there um, and then uh, almost work backward. It's like, okay, how do you get that marriage that you want? It's almost like, who do I need to marry? Who do I need to become? Right. So, okay. So maybe I need to start going to some uh, relationship seminars. Maybe I need to go to counseling. Maybe I should, whatever. Right. 
or I don't want to worry about money. Say that's your fear that you don't want. It's like, okay, so what do I need to do to get to that spot? Do I need to make more money? Do I need a budget? Do I need to do some sort of financial peace seminar? So it's almost like you, you put something on your goal list or your mine was a bucket list. I put things on my bucket list and then I almost would work backwards for it from it. Right. So I wanted to, for example, I wanted to have a life that um, of influence. Um, I wanted to uh, help do my part to make the world better. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that one day I wanted to do some public speaking. I didn't necessarily want to be a, a public speaker, that that's my, my job. But within my life, I wanted to use that as a platform. So with that, I'd never really done that before. I, I did a little bit maybe in high school, college, just class projects or whatever. And, um, but I felt like I, I needed to do something like that in the future. And so, so I put um, on my bucket list, uh, speak to 500 people, right? That was like my first goal. And then below that, I was like, speak to 100 people, right? It's like, well, how do I learn how to speak? So another goal was to join Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a public speaking group that they're a club that gets together every week, right? Mm -hmm. So you just set some sort of goal out there and then work backwards from it. And that's where you start, just uh, knowing what it is. You don't have to like accomplish it or you don't have to do it. But just identifying it will do such a huge thing with like your vision for your life. Yeah. So that, that's where you'd start. And then work backwards and figure out, it, it could be really daunting because it's your entire life. It's right. like, what do I want to do with my life? It's like, well, if I want to be there one day, what things do I need to do along the way to get there? And then what can I start doing uh, in this season or this next season? And then yeah. uh, start walking that path. You know, it's like uh, the saying that yard by yard, it's hard. Inch by inch, it's a cinch. So if you think, think really yeah. long term, it becomes very intimidating. But yeah. if you break those things down in little increments, it's like, oh, well, I don't, I'm not sure if I could do all, all that, but I can do these couple of things. Yeah. Right. right. And, that, and that's how you start. Maybe Love talk that. about it. Vision board. There's lots of uh, tools to, to help you. Yeah. Yeah. So what I hear is just really, it sounds like it's just defining what that, that end goal is and sort of reverse engineering, you know, working back from that oh, so yeah. that you can break it down to say like, okay, this is, this is the first step now, you know, and not let that whole end goal overwhelm you, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and getting, getting caught up in it, but then breaking it down, just narrowing it down so that you get to that first step that you can then, you know, work inch, inch by inch. Um, I wanted to bring back what you said around that, that story you told about, you know, shooting the wrong target, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and cause I think then it's not what might, uh, hold a lot of people back. I know held me back was, well, how do I know which target is the right one to shoot at? You know, mm -hmm. how do I know this is my end goal? I want to live my life for, you know, and, and, you know, want to even just start the process of reverse engineering if I don't know if this is what I want. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you really, you know, figure out aim at, was. yeah, figure out like aiming at that right target. And how did you know yeah. that was the right one for you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, really, really good, deep questions. Like, <laughs> I, I like it. So everyone's going to be very different in their life um, of what your goal is going to be, but it just, it takes time. Like you're yeah. not going to get it in a, in a weekend or a workshop. Some people, it could take years or some people it changes, you know? Um, 
I would start just asking that question. I would start pursuing it. Um, it took me, I don't know, maybe years um, of, of pursuing it to figure out what it is for me. So that, um, that could be part of your uh, bucket list is figure out my purpose, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You can put that on there. That's, that's a place to start. What, what is that goal? Um, I would start asking other people. I would uh, maybe look at some YouTube videos, get that, that que question answered. Um, but uh, seek within yourself of how am I wired? What are the things that I enjoy doing? Uh, what in life do I feel fulfilled in? Um, I mean, it's thing, I mean, some of the things that people don't want are like bad relationships, uh, being financially um, insecure. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you work backwards from that even of how do I have good relationships around me? Um, how do I uh, become financially secure? I mean, those are like some, some small things. Right, but uh, so far as bigger picture, self-actualization, bigger things, uh, everyone's going to be a little bit different. So I would do a lot of soul searching, uh, put that on your uh, journal list, I guess. Like, uh, think through it, read books, ask questions, and I think that uh, if you believe there's a, a God or not, I think there is, um, and I think that when you ask questions, uh, God. Mm -hmm. uh, some people want to call him the universe, but I think there's a uh, a, a, an all-knowing creator being that uh, wants a relationship with us. Uh, I think when you ask, uh, you'll you'll get answers. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. you meditate or pray or whatever you want to call it, uh, just just ask, and some of those things will start getting unfolded for you. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I, I I know you know for those who who might not be as religious too, I, I like to uh, sort of ask the question internally into your own intuition you know what is your gut and intuition and even just deeper inner source tell you you know about your path and and even more practically then it sounds like you you mentioned it earlier of finding what what you don't want you know maybe maybe creating what i love about uh was it um uh, Warren Buffett, who, who said, like, create a what not to do list. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, and and I think that's a really key part in turning in, in finding what you do want is just process of elimination, you know, yeah. and so and then in combination with, you know, trusting yourself, trusting your source, trusting God. Um, so that yeah. sounds, yeah, that sounds like it was a big path or, or kind of yeah, yeah, a tool or a yeah. mindset to, to, to go for it. Yeah. Another idea is what I did to find my major in college was uh, I was undecided for about two years until almost my junior year. And uh, how I figured out my major was uh, a tip that someone gave me in high school where I got like a whole sheet of all the majors. And instead of trying to pick what I wanted to do, I started marking off mm -hmm. stuff I knew I didn't want. And I started narrowing it down, right? Yep. So uh, that stuff like that really, really helped me. Oh, yeah. Lots of um, times you don't know because you don't have the example. You, yeah. you haven't seen it before. Right. So the more you ask, the more you seek out, the more you're going to see it. Yeah. Maybe a good question now to kind of start to wrap up. We're coming up in the hour here, you know, on that, what we just talked I about. I believe is, it's already been almost I know. It just yeah. flew by. Uh, so what is that question that you are asking of yourself right now or maybe maybe it's something that you don't quite have the answer to yet or something that 
that that yeah just what is that question that you're that you're asking of yourself or of the world of yeah of business <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good question um wow how do i how do i answer that um i'm not sure how much stuff i'm, I'm trying to figure out i think I've, I've done a lot of work on myself and who i am um but uh, recently i took over as the president of the asian district here in my city and uh we've got a, a volunteer board uh, except i had someone from the the city of oklahoma city uh mention that or she almost like congratulated or encouraged us and she said something like i'm really impressed with what you've been able to do with a volunteer board I'm like hey thank you but what does that mean and what she said was uh, most organizations your size um, they have staff like a full-time part-time employees and you guys are just running with volunteers and i was thinking huh we're doing a lot what that means is like me and the board we're board of directors we're doing a lot of volunteer work and uh it's just it's just a lot i'm almost spending more time uh volunteering than i am my own business mm. and so the question that i'm continuing to ask is uh how do i lead this organization better uh, how do I uh, put steps in place to hire an executive director for the organization? A lot of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, it's a, it's going to be an ongoing journey. I figured out some things and I'm going to be figuring out a lot of other things the, the rest of my life and the rest of my career. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm just trying to be uh, the best leader I can for, uh, for the organization because I believe our, our mission is something that is really important. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just moving forward in that and trying to figure that out. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, it's it's always a question and a journey for all of us is that, you know, we're all figuring it out together. So um, appreciate you, you, you sharing that. Um, I can give you the floor then to talk more about that organization or, or what else you're working on. Um, how might like, yeah, what what is that organization? What, where might people find more info, information about it? Yeah, so if you're in the, uh, the Oklahoma City area um, or surrounding states, Texas, Kansas, uh, Arkansas, uh, Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma City Asian District, uh, we are basically like a bastion for Asian culture in Oklahoma City. So what we realized, or what I realized, is that if our generation isn't very intentional about carrying on our heritage, the next generation, we're just going to lose it forever. Mm. Uh, there's one time whenever I was playing volleyball with a, with a bunch of buddies, and this tall, uh, six foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyed white guy comes up. We start hitting it off. Uh, we we have a good conversation, and he asks, "Hey, what kind of Asian are you?" And I was like, "Well, I'm Vietnamese, and my great grandfather was Chinese, so I'm an eighth Chinese." He said, "Oh, awesome! I'm." I'm uh, I'm Japanese. I was like, no uh, crap, you're you're not Japanese. Yeah. Look up. He's six foot tall, you know. He's like, no, no, no. My my grandmother, my grandfather met in World War II. So my my mom's half and I'm a fourth. Oh wow. And I started looking at him and I realized, oh, yeah, you, you are you're Japanese. So I started asking him about that. And they asked him, uh, do you speak any Japanese? It's like, oh no. Uh, do you um, have you ever been to Japan? It's like, no. I asked, uh, have you, do you know anything about Japan? It's like, uh, I like sushi. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just realized, wow, just in two generations, yeah, he's forgotten his heritage. And I think a part of our heritage and a part of our identity is always going to be uh, with our parents and our grandparents or ancestors background in Asia. 
And so just in two generations, he, he forgot a piece of who he was. And so if we're not really intentional in our generation to move that forward, we're just going to lose that forever. Like the stories that you and I have from our parents, cultures, mm -hmm. and uh, things that they value. Um, the, our, our families were really badass being immigrants here for, for a lot of reasons. If we, if we don't pass that on, we're just going to lose it. And uh, say if I marry someone who's Caucasian, my kids will be half. My great grandkids are going to be a fourth. Uh, and they're going to be walking around six foot tall, looking at, like that guy, not knowing who they are yeah. their entire lives, right? Yeah. And so uh, that, that's what the organization looks to do. Um, but uh, Instagram, it's uh, Asian District OK. And uh, we have events, festivals. Uh, last event that we had, we had about 40,000 people uh, in the heart of Oklahoma City celebrating Asian culture at our uh, Asian Night Market Festival. So Very cool. it's, uh, it's been a... A really cool journey. We're a super young organization. We've been around for about four years. And uh, we're just really just laying the foundations of what's going to be to come 10, 20 years down the road. Right. So it's a exciting, exciting group, an exciting journey. Oh, that's so beautiful. I really thank you for for doing that and and just even having that space for for that to, you know, have people just reconnect back to their their culture and, and, and keep it for generations. I, I, that really hit me when you, you know, we can just lose that in just two yeah. generations there, you know, yeah, and that's something I think about too, being born here and, and, you know, I, uh, lost a lot of my Chinese, uh, yeah. or ability to speak it, but, um, but yeah, so Something to think about. If only then you can expand to the West Coast, and we'll we'll have you yeah, out here yeah, too. Yeah. Well, you guys have uh, some huge stuff. We, I'm over, sure we uh, do too, and I yeah, I'm sure we can. Yeah, some of the stuff we're know. emulating, things that yeah. you guys are doing. Yeah. But uh, kind of back to what we were saying before about financial independence. If I didn't have a lot of freedom with my career, I yeah. wouldn't be able to volunteer at this capacity. Yeah. So that's why it's important to um, have freedom to spend on things that are important. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just give if you give you the the floor as well here, Mike, to uh, plug yourself and share more about what you're working on or or how people can find you too. Yeah, if you want to check me out on Instagram, it's at Mike L Hong. Uh, Hong's H O A N G. It's Vietnamese at Mike L Hong, and uh, my bio's on there. If you want to click some of those links, you can hear about uh, some of my background and, and what I'm doing. But yeah, if somebody has opportunities for uh, public speaking. Uh, around the nation would love to i've flown out to some different places would love to speak more at uh, conferences or something like that so if anyone has any speaking stuff that wants to fly me out from oklahoma city would love to chat awesome i'll put all those links in the show notes here for people to check out um definitely definitely reach out to mike uh and and hear more about his stories here all right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing and for coming on again, Mike. Uh, really appreciate you have, uh, being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Mike Hong. I was just super excited to, to speak with him and, and be able to share some deep stuff together in this conversation. So I hope you got a lot out of it as well. Again, don't forget to share this with a brother that you know could get a lot of value out of this as well and review and rate this episode on the platform that you're listening to as well. Um, just a few updates on the Badass Asian Dudes and the group and community here. Uh, I have been personally just kind of 
busy with so many other things and haven't really been able to put as much time, to be completely honest, into this brotherhood. Um, it's still a very deep passion of mine to up-level the, the community here. Uh, but it is kind of taking a toll on a lot of my own well-being and um, just my own motivation to continue doing so as it's I don't get paid to, to do this right now and and um, a lot of my my situation my financial situation is kind of taking a, a toll so I've been kind of focusing on my uh, business right now in also real estate so that's where I've been really uh, that's what, another reason I was excited to talk with Mike actually to, to speak on that but um, yeah, I've been working on building up my management company as well and um, also becoming a mortgage loan originator. So just been busy studying up and, and working on those areas right now and haven't really been able to put into, you know, this this uh, passion project here. Uh, and I just wanted to share all that just to really be upfront and honest with where I'm at in editing these episodes and you know putting on the, the monthly men's group and social events and meetups all these things and all these you know plans we had for this group just haven't really come into fruition so we're just gonna kind of take uh, a step back on you know the group as as we kind of refocus a little bit here um, the more you engage with us, the more we can, you know, get motivated to, to get this going again as well. Um, you know, join us in, on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash badass Asian dudes. Um, you can obviously search that in the, the Facebook search as well. And, um, and, and comment on, you know, how much you enjoy the, the show, the group, the, um, you know, the idea of having men's groups or, or in-person meetups. Um, definitely reach out if you're interested in helping along with any of these projects as well. And tell the people who would resonate with this um, about us as well. So thanks again, though, for sticking with us and for listening through all the way here. I really appreciate you and your loyal listenership um you didn't have to listen all the way here so thanks again and uh i'll catch you next time